Hello, basketball fans. How are you doing? I'm Ulgar Karaca, Basket News collaborator and also a sport basketball commentator. We are here with Jomar Smith. I'm very glad to see you here, Jomar. Um, new Barcheshire uh, college player. Um, he is all obviously a decorated scorer uh, in the European level. I mean, he was the Euro Cup MVP last year and uh, he was in the Euro Cup finals with Unix Kazan. And um, he used to be a Euro Cup winner as well with Unica Malaga and so many other stuff. Uh, he knows Euro League very well. He knows Euro Cup very well. Many domestic, domestic leagues, French title. I don't know. On and on. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm doing great, man. Excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Okay. Um, you lived in many cities in Europe, like Czech Republic, um, France, Limoges, Israel, Bamberg, Malaga, Kazan. Now you're in Istanbul. How are the first impressions? What are your first uh, impressions about Istanbul? There, there's not too many cities like Istanbul, man. I, I really love it here. Um, you know, the life and the people, the culture, just just everything is really good for me and my family. You know, the people have been so, you know, embracing and warm to me and my family, you know, including the staff and just the people in my building, the people all around is just it's really a blessing to be here. I've always wanted to play here. Um, but I've never had the opportunity. So when I got this opportunity, I had to take it. Were there any other clubs that were interested in you in the previous years? Just gossiping a little bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, teams say they're interested, but I mean, in, unless there's a contract on the table, it, to me, it's, it's not real. It's just, it's gossip and, you know, who knows if it even was ever really interest there. Okay, I get it. So, obviously, I mentioned that um, we are here with one of the most prolific scorers uh, of all time in European level. In EuroCup, he's uh, on the second place on all-time scoring list. I mean, he made um, 593 attempts in three-pointers, and he made 264 of them. Yeah, I'm going deep in numbers. And he had... <laughs> in success. I mean, this is something really, really special. And, um, but I was thinking, Jomar, um, this year you are going to play not in EuroLeague, not in EuroCup, but FIBA EuroCup, Bitbarcheshire. What made you uh, choose Istanbul and Bahçeşehir and this competition? What is the ambition behind it? Well, when I, when I first signed um, you know, they were trying to, to see if they were going to be Euro Cup or not. And they weren't completely sure if they were going to be. And I had already signed once it, you know, came out that they were FIBA Euro Cup. But that, I mean, the, the Cups to me has never been my ambition on, you know, signing with the team. It's always been, you know, what's the team ambitions? Um, who who does the team have and, you know, how do I see myself there? And, you know, from speaking to the coach, speaking, you know, to the manager, you know, it was clear, you know, this team wanted to have, you know, higher ambitions than, they, than they've had, more success than they've had in the past. Um, and they told me some of the players they were thinking about signing. And I saw myself just fit in here like very well. And, um, 
And I've always wanted to be in Istanbul, you know, for my family. It's um, a lot easier transition for my family, you know, coming from America to Istanbul versus, you know, America to Kazan, you know, even with the trap. So, um, you know, all of that played into, you know, played into part with me choosing Bashashir. And um, I just want to be I wanted to be a part of the success that I feel like they're going to have. We're going to have this season, you know, with the team that we put together and our coaching staff, I feel like you know, we really can have something special. Onyx, obviously, are, they're going to play in EuroLeague. Um, and you have a team that has players from EuroLeague that, for instance, Benjamin Bentil came from Panathinaikos. Um, now we you have Langston Hall at Bacheshir uh, as your teammate. Olsavash is obviously a very experienced uh, player from domestic rotation. Baikai Candanke, Mohamed Baigu came. What is your expectations from this year's team? Um, how did the preparations game go? What is going to be your role in this team? The preparation games went very well. I feel like um, we've been challenged. We've been in different situations. You know, we've had games where we controlled the game the entire game. We've had games where we were in control. And then, the you know, the opposing team made a run and we had to you know, kind of fight it out towards the end. So I'm happy with the the teams we played and the success that we've had in preseason. Um, and I'm hoping that it carries over. You know, I think that it, I think that it will. And, um, you know, I think my role will be the same as it was with, you know, every team that I've been on, you know, I'm, I'm known to be a shooter. Um, so, You know, I, I'll have the freedom to shoot shots and, you know, take shots. And, you know, my teammates, you know, expect me to do that, you know. So I think it'll be, you know, the same role as I had last year. And, you know, from speaking with Coach before I came here, you know, he trusts me and has a lot of respect for me and vice versa. So, um, you know, I just want to try and make sure that, you know, I'm able to stay healthy and score the ball at a high clip like I always have. Onyx Kazan and last year's finals. Uh, do you feel a little bit heartbreak because um, your team was really good team and that was not only for last year. The previous year you were also good and then pandemic came and then you uh, managed to eliminate Virtus Bologna, one of the uh, favorites of the competition and came to the final. But then the surprise package, Monaco came and uh, managed to mm-hmm. beat you. <laughs> I mean, it's sports, man. It, it's to me, it's it's the beauty of sports. You know, um, when you win, you know everybody feels so happy and good. And when you lose, you know it's heartbreaking. Of course, it's heartbreaking. But we play a sport and live in a world where you have to have a short term memory. You have to either a have a short term memory or b be able to use your losses. And your tough lessons as fuel, you know, to fuel you for the next season, fuel you for the next game, fuel you for the next day, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm the type of person, um, it was a day or two of heartbreak. And then it was, you know, after that second day, it was like, okay, I have to get better. I have to make my team better. You know, and I looked inward and, you know, watched the games and saw where I made my mistakes and, you know, just trying to make sure if I get myself in that position again, I won't make those mistakes. So it was more of a lesson than it was heartbreaking. 
Well, the rotation was very rich. Isaiah Cannon, obviously a great scorer. John Holland was there. Jordan Theodore was there. Um, I'm talking about the guard rotation, but also in the mm-hmm. big uh, rotation, there was John Brown. Ah, uh, not to forget Okara White um, in the mm-hmm. position three. You talked about some mistakes. What would you make uh, different? I mean, what mistakes were you thinking about? Can you go or remember any of the details? I I would be more I would be more conscious of my foul trouble um, because in both games I got two fouls in the first quarter. Um, you know, just speaking on myself and as a team. I would have focused more on executing and playing a little more patient. I think we were so excited to be there and had such high expectations of winning that we were in a rush offensively and uh, we let our offense dictate our defense, you know? So, you know, it's been a, been like, um, like the biggest lesson has been, you know, for me, Don't let your offense, you know, dictate your defense, especially on the team level. You know, uh, you have some players that when they play in great offensively, they play great defensively, you know. But to win, you know, you're going to have spells on offense where you don't play good. You're going to have quarters where you don't play good. You know, offense gets you to the championship, you know, but defense wins the championship. And that's why Monaco won. I mean, they played just way tougher, way more physical defense than us. Um, they took us out of our sets. They, you know, they did everything they were supposed to do defensively. They executed perfectly defensively. You worked with Dimitris Periftis for a really long time. Um, and he utilized a very good offensive system as well as defensive uh, toughness. Um What do you think about his chances in Euroleague? Uh, obviously, now he is a member of the Panathinaikos uh, team. He is the coach there. What, what is his, is his chances there? And what do you think about him? Man, I'm so excited for him, man. He's been one of my favorite coaches to play for, um, you know, on and off the court. Just such a such a great guy. Um, I was blessed to, you know, be able to have him for four years as a coach in my career. I feel like. You know, he really helped me with a lot of aspects of my game that I didn't have before coming there. Um, And I'm excited about him playing EuroLeague. Uh, I think he's going to do very well. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year in in EuroLeague. And, you know, he has O'Carroll White with him. And I think Roe is going to do the same thing. I think he's going to wake everybody up to, you know, how good he really is and what he's capable of doing on the EuroLeague level. And, you know, hopefully they have a lot of success together this year. Um, gossiping again, did he try to lure you into Panathinaikos as well in the beginning? Of the <laughs> I mean, we we talked, you know, we we talked about it and, you know, um, but it, it didn't happen. You know, at the time, the time frame just didn't add up. You know, he was still, you know, undecided on whether he was going to return to Unix or, you know, try to pursue the job at Pena. And, you know, when you are a player, you know, you can't wait sometimes, you know, sometimes you have offers and sometimes things come up. And if you wait, you know, you can pass up a, a better situation. You can pass up a good situation, you know, for a worse one by waiting, you know, or like, again, it could be just this imaginary interest that, 
never comes into fruition. It never happens. So um, I'm always, I have always been the type of player in person. If there's a paper and a contract on the table, that's real. That's what I'm looking at, you know, and Basha share came with that. And that's why I'm here. Of course you played with clubs with huge fan base, like um, Limoges, Onyx, always, um, Of course, there's this pandemic period, but always with full uh, spectators and with a lot of enthusiasm. But Bacchashe project is something different. Uh, it's a club that is developing, uh, that has um, some different goals in the long run, maybe. What do you think about the fan base? Like, are you going to miss that aspect of the game? I think the fans will come, you know, I think year by year and especially you know, with success, you know, you build your fan base, you know, every, nothing really happens overnight, you know? So, you know, I think we have the success that I believe and the club believes that we'll have this year, you know, and I think we'll get more fans next year and so on. Um, and, you know, just us players, I think we have to do a better job and a good job of, you know, advertising to our followers, you know, about our club, about our games, you know, to get more fans to come out. Um, fan support definitely helps you win games. I mean, there's there's teams and games where, you know, you we've been down and thought no way we're coming back. You make a couple crazy shots, the fans get into it, and now it's a game. Um, but there's such great fans all over Turkey, I don't think that I'll have the problem of missing fans. And... In my mind, you know, when we're at away games and the fans get loud, I don't understand what they're saying anyway. So I just pretend that they're cheering for me. So, so I won't miss the fans. <laughs> All right. Talking about playing in front of fans, let's um, go back to 2016 and 17 year. And that was the Euro Cup uh, championship year for you with Unica Malaga. Um, mm -hmm. That was a remarkable uh, final series because I was uh, in there uh, in the broadcasting part of that and I was stunned with the with the comeback. Um, there was a um, series of, I think, 18 to 0 fourth quarter charge to come back from um, a double-digit deficit. I remember it very well. Uh, you had problems with um, big rotation. Alanomic was uh, disqualified after an altercation and Dayan Musli, the other center, he was injured. Your coach was Juan Plaza and you were not in the rhythm uh, as far as I can remember, but something then changed and then you managed to beat one of the most strongest teams in Euro Cup. Uh, are there any um, specific examples about that game, specific moments that you remember about that game and that championship? Man, I... I can't, it's so, it's so many moments. Like, you know, me and, me and Plaza had, had a good relationship and a kind of a strange relationship. He's, um, he's a coach that kind of plays with you mentally. And, you know, if you don't have a strong mentality, you know, you can't handle it. But at the same time, you know, I remember, I remember I had shot a three in the game and I missed and I came back down and I had the ball and coach Plaza said, why not? Told me to shoot it again. I shot it again, hit it. 
And then after that, I felt like I was going to make everything. You know, he kind of gave me, he gave me the confidence. At times, it felt like he took my confidence away sometimes, you know, because if you made a mistake or two, he doesn't have a long leash. If you make a mistake or two, you go come and sit for about five, eight minutes, you know. But at the same time, you know, he gave me confidence at a crucial period because our whole team was kind of not in a rhythm during that series. And, um, you know, once he gave me confidence in the the first, the second game um, in Malaga, like after that, I just, I felt good and I felt like our chances of winning were great. Yeah, well, it was really uh, one of the most unforgettable uh, final series of uh, Euro Cup, I guess, because that was also the club's, Malaga's um, European Cup in almost 16 years. And uh, I remember celebrations and uh, you were very happy and all those stuff. Incredible. <laughs> um, your three-point tendency, something that we talked about in the beginning. Uh, you take a lot of three-pointers um, mm -hmm. and you make a lot of them. And you are actually the EuroCup leader in that uh, sense. It, was that something that has been always there in your game? Or was that something that you developed um, according to the conditions that you encountered? Um, we can go back to your Illinois games, Illinois times, or maybe was that something developed uh, on the way in Europe? Um, I, I was always able to shoot. And, um, you know, that was always the main part of how I attacked offensively was, you know, with the shot off the dribble or by catching and shooting. Um, but when I went to college, that changed. Um, we had, you know, one of the best players in the nation, D Brown, and he played all the pick and rolls. He handled the ball the entire time. And our coach was pretty much like, if you can't score in two dribbles, give the ball to D. You know, that was pretty much our philosophy. So, I kind of lost a little bit of my scoring off of the dribble. And then I had to find it once I got back to Europe, you know, once I, once I left Illinois and I went to my division two school, I kind of found my rhythm off the dribble back. And I've always liked shooting threes. You know, I've always felt comfortable shooting threes, far threes off the dribble, catch and shoot. And I feel like it's a strength of mine. And but I definitely worked on it a lot. You know, my dad would make me make 500 shots before school. I mean, from my sophomore year until my senior year. So it became a point where it was like, you know, he would always tell me in my workouts, you can't miss two in a row. You can't miss two in a row. And it got to a point where I really believed that. And that was like part of my psyche as a shooter. It was a good and bad thing, though, because. Sometimes if I missed two in a row, I was like, oh, my God, I'm having a terrible game now, you know, because I missed two in a row. And my teammates are like, bro, like, shoot the ball. You only missed two shots, you know. But, you know, all of that has changed. My psyche has changed, you know, since I've gotten a lot older and, you know, more experienced. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love the three ball, man. Loved Ray Allen as a player growing up. You know, love Steph Curry, you know, all the players that I tend to, you know, really appreciate and really like to watch are three-point shooters. So, 
that's definitely my game. Um, probably you have recognized the importance of three-pointer in uh, European sphere as well. Uh, that's how I thought. I mean, I thought that he made a shift in his game um, to be able to um, synchronize with the European game. Is that true? or? I think so, for sure. I would like to ask you to pick one or two players as a center and also a fellow guard that you enjoyed uh, to play with. In all those years, I mean, you can think of Fran Vasquez, Stefan Markovic, John Brown, Leo Westerman. All Man, John Brown. I mean, uh -huh. big John Brown. I mean, it's, it's, I play with some great bigs, you know, with decorated careers, but I've never played with anybody that can do what John Brown does in my, in my life. You know, he's, he's the best defender that I have played with ever. I mean, he can guard point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. It doesn't matter. He doesn't get tired. Um, if I ever was a coach, I would look for a guy like John Brown, 100%. Um, in the guard, for the guards, I would say Eric McCullough. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I, I really enjoy playing with E. I learned a lot from him. I mean, because there were things that I was good at and there were things that I, I wasn't good at. And E is very straight to the point. Will always tell you the truth. So he told me the things that I needed to work on, told me things I need to get better at, you know, learning how to manage the clock, you know, learning how to manage games. A lot of that came from E and, um, You know, even off the court, you know, he, I mean, he changed my life in ways like I could talk forever about Eric. I mean, that's, that's probably will be one of my friends and until it's over with, I mean, we're, we're close outside of just basketball. So I'm super blessed to have, you know, have met him and played with him and have him in my life. Um, lastly, I would like to ask you, um, something about the playing level between EuroCup and EuroLeague, because obviously Uh, you experienced both. Um, mm -hmm. There's this trend, EuroCup teams, very good teams. They won EuroCup. Uh, they they earn access to EuroLeague. Then they lose their players and the next year they struggle. Um, do you think it is uh, something that needs to be um, remedied by maybe uh, a touch of EuroLeague and also the playing levels? Do you think that the playing levels between EuroLeague and EuroCup getting closer or getting uh, much, much further? Uh Man, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But, you know, EuroLeague, EuroLeague teams, you know, they've been, their core has been together, you know, for a while. You know, EuroLeague teams are good at that, you know, getting a team and having success and adding pieces that they're missing versus breaking up the entire team. Um, but EuroLeague is just so much bigger than EuroCup. I mean, the players from point guard to center are just, I mean, if you looked at the average height, I would assume the players from point guard to center are just, are just bigger. Um, and that, that makes it, you know, that I think that makes them much better than EuroCup. And I, and I think it goes, you know, it, it goes down, you know, like you look at the NBA, I think the NBA has size and athleticism over EuroLeague, you know, and EuroLeague has size over EuroCup, you know, EuroCup has 
athleticism over, you know, the cups that are that are under. And I think it just, you know, kind of keeps going down. But I think a lot of teams that win Euro Cup to go and play Euro League, they get very ambitious. You know, now we're Euro League, you know, now we have to stay Euro League, you know, and they break up what got them there. You know, and that's but I think that's that's also part of, you know, part of our job, you know, and part of their job. Their job is, you know, they feel like, you know, certain teams or certain mixes wouldn't play good together or wouldn't be good for Euro League. Then it's their job, you know, to try and go another way. But I don't think it's a coincidence that like, you know, a lot of the teams that win Euro Cup come into Euro League, they're normally at the bottom. You know, they're normally bottom four of the league. It's just hard to play with all new guys playing against guys that have played together for four or five years and just added one or two players, you know, at a time. It's just, you know, hard to compete with that chemistry. Jamar Smith, um, thank you very much for accepting uh, our request. And I would like to um, wish you a very healthy and successful year with uh, Bacheshire College, Bacheshire College. And um, I hope everything goes well. Uh, I hope you you like Istanbul even better because you are living, I think, around Beşiktaş, one of the most um, beautiful places in Istanbul as well. Um, so thank yes, you. Yes, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, man. Nice meeting. Okay, uh, basketball fans, um, we were here with Jamar Smith, former Euro Cup champion and last year's Euro Cup MVP and new Bahçeşehir uh, College player. Thanks to Jamar once again and uh, see you later. Bye. Thank you. Have a good one.